Welcome to Soul Sisters on the Run podcast. I'm Keisha and Sabrina. And today we have another exciting conversation to share with you all. During our runs, we talk about a variety of topics. Today, we would like to share our thoughts and opinions from our latest run. Take a listen, enjoy, and let us know what you think. Please feel free to provide feedback on our Facebook page. Also during our runs, we always reflect and express moments of gratitude. We ask that you start your day by doing the same. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Soul Sisters on a Run podcast. I'm your host, Keisha. And Sabrina. Today, we have a very special episode. Uh, Since this is the month of May, it's Mental Health Awareness Month. And we have a special guest that we have here, and also a special person to me, my cousin, (laughs) Tammy (laughs) Montgomery Dozier. we, we have her here today to, to just discuss uh, mental health awareness with us. It's so important, especially right now with everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. And I just want to introduce her to you all. Uh, she is an actress, a writer, a director, a singer, an award-winning author, a certified master speaker, a certified life coach, a certified mental health first aid, a former rape crisis advocate with the YWCA. She has her own uh, agency. She's a founder of Connected With Love. It addresses mental health and community issues. Uh, She has a a few books, uh, one of which is Addicted to Pain, which will discuss uh, other books, fads, false allegiance to destructive stuff, And she has a collaborative book, The Power Within. We're so excited to have her here with us uh, to just share just some of the things, her perspective on mental health, things that she's been through and her experience with dealing with others that's been involved with mental health. Uh, We know for us being a part of the RUN community, we use our running as therapy, right, Sabrina? (laughs) RUN therapy. Yes. (laughs) for us but then you know there's other things other tools and resources out there to use so uh thanks tammy for for being here with us um i just want to jump right into it um i i had an opportunity to read the book that you wrote uh one of the books that you you've written which is addicted to pain it was i mean so eye-opening a very easy read and you are so vulnerable in it. What would be so vulnerable with this book and share so much of yourself? Uh, well, first off, thank you guys for having me. I truly appreciate it. When you were mentioning all that stuff, I was like, who is she talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wow. But uh, thank you all for having me. And uh, I'm always glad to talk about this because this is something that we don't talk about in our community a lot. And what made me write that book is I was going through my own stuff. Um, so with everything that I put in, what, you know, being, uh, abused and everything growing up, having so many issues, I didn't realize that I was addicted to pain in it, in that manner. So I ended up having a breakdown. When I say breakdown, breakdown, everything that I hadn't dealt with in my life, 
came mm-hmm. forward in that book. So I had a mentor and they told me to write everything down and whatever you don't want to tell someone, you don't have to tell them, just take it out. And so I felt that me writing it out helped me and I hopefully that it will help somebody else. So that's what made me so vulnerable uh, with sharing my story. Um, in actuality too, when I first did the book and it was coming out, I had a newspaper article coming out about me in the book and I had never shared any of this stuff in, in my book with my family. Mm-hmm. So I had to go and tell everybody what was going on because I hadn't shared the abuse. I hadn't shared uh, everything. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I was vulnerable to other people, but not my family. So that's what it was. Wow. I have a quick question. Um, Just because of, I've heard uh, several other therapists and other people on Oprah say a lot of times that the issues we deal with as adults come about from our childhood. Would you say they were, what you were dealing with were issues from your childhood or it's just uh, things going on in your life as an adult? Oh, 1,000% my childhood. Okay. Um, I remember, you know, as kids, they say, well, tell adults. I remember telling adults things and I didn't get believed. So oh, growing okay. up, I mm-hmm. would, when I would try to talk to people, I never shared anything or I never like, I never explained myself because I would always think, well, why am I going to explain myself? You're not going to believe me anyway. Right. So yeah, it's definitely from my childhood. Uh, the things that, you know, even self-esteem issues. Uh, mm-hmm. part of my life I didn't uh, want to be uh, looked at as an object I'm like mm-hmm. I'm more than that girl I'm more than her so it took a minute for me to get there too like listen that's not who I am because mm-hmm. you get objectified a lot mm-hmm. right. that's so important today especially with a lot of the images that we see in social media I feel yes. for these young girls well mm-hmm. even adults because adults right come to that Um, Mm -hmm. snapchat i've been hearing like some people are actually going to get plastic surgery done because they like the way the filters make them look versus how they actually look in real life you know Mm -hmm. um that's huge Uh, we are more than our physical appearance (laughs) right yes but oftentimes in society that's and that's how it's set up now as well as you're talking about uh, social media Everybody mm-hmm. wants to look beautiful and be beautiful, but nobody wants to feel it on the inside. Everybody wants to feel it on the outside. Well, most people, right. nobody's looking inside to say, well, hey, if I do this, then maybe the outward appearance would change. Right. Or they just don't know. Some people, yes, because of their environment, they only know what they know and they don't even realize they're hurting yes. or it's unhealthy. You know, you know, if you're, because I'm, well, I'm 50 plus, so I'm on this, uh, Instagram page for like 50 plus people and some of the images I see like you said Keisha these 50 and 60 year olds are doing the same thing the 20 something year olds are doing mm-hmm. and I'm like you know at, at some point in your life you should be beyond that but with social media you know it's just it's really impacting everyone just yeah. women period young yeah. and older and I, there's some people with social media, I thought I knew them until social media came out. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then I didn't realize that right. some people are like such attention seekers. You're like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a word right there. That's a whole nother topic. But yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's another episode we can right. talk about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That that is so true. Why do you 
I guess, I mean, we can briefly touch on that. Why do people feel the need to seek validation in likes from s- social media? It's I think fake. It's, it's, it's insecurity. Reality. It's insecurity, yeah. yes. Insecurity. insecurity. Thinking that mm-hmm. you're not enough. Right. That if nobody likes me or likes my page or say that I'm beautiful, then I'm not enough because I have to have you tell me that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's easy for anyone to fall into because you don't love. I know I've gone through it. I've, I'm not the person that gets on there and do that, period. But mm-hmm. I know for me, you wouldn't know that part of me that, listen, I need valid. I need validation. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've gone to therapy and I've done all these things. It's like, oh, my God, I'm known as a codependent. I'm like, oh, I thought I was OK. I thought I was this. I thought I was that. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, Sabrina, you don't know until you know. Right when you're growing yeah. up in it so yeah that I, is so true no is. go ahead yeah no I was just saying just you know and I like you said I don't want to harp on it but just especially us as women you know it's one thing you know to encourage each other and lift each other up but it should be in a healthy way not yes. just um based on like you said physical attributes because we are so much more mm-hmm. than that and we have to at some point learned that that we are and to be able to um walk in those that light of who we are and um as a person and just other you know areas of our lives that are beautiful and that shine other than just our physical being um and our bodies really let's just break it down our bodies our boobs and i mean it's i don't know it's it's all just all of a sudden now it's all about the butt <laughs> I know. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of been, but it's like it's it's the butt. It's like every picture you see, not every, but you know, when people take pictures on social media, women they're like turned around, like it's from the back with the face turned around. And I'm like, you know, but anyway, I I digress. <laughs> I guess that, that's a whole nother whole another topic. But it goes into mental health, right? Yeah. well yeah uh, your physical what you see yes and uh, what you seek from others and and how you view yourself um well yeah mental health it is because like the what was the lady i keep forgetting her name that committed suicide back in january the former miss usa oh, the beautiful she was so beautiful right, she was yes. beautiful and yes. you know yes. she's posting and she's doing these great things she had a great career and she was a beautiful woman and constantly posting and you just never know, you know, what she's dealing with. So, you know, you see this, you know, image, I guess, of outer appearance of her thinking that it's one thing or her life is this. And then there's something else completely, completely different going on. You just, you don't yeah. know. Well, what was interesting about her, she was beautiful, but she was also educated. Yes. Um, right. A lawyer. Lawyer. Yeah. lawyer. well accomplished. And she just right. stopped she stopped being a lawyer because she realized she didn't want to be a lawyer she you know the type that wasn't what she wanted to do mm-hmm. and she got into being the spokesperson I believe for extra or one right. of the, the one of those host, uh, co-host yeah or whatever yeah and she yeah, was an so, athlete a college athlete yeah a track she ran track yeah so so um but then I, it's what it's the voice inside your head and what you're telling yourself right yeah I know for me like um even with all the stuff that you mentioned and doing all those things for me, 
it's one of those things where it still feel like it's never good enough because I feel mm-hmm. like I'm never good enough, you know, on some levels. Mm-hmm. Like I always right. have to be working towards things. Mm-hmm. When in, in a part, in a section in my, in my book, and I talk about how I was doing all these things. I was in the theater doing all these plays, doing my own play. I was doing all of these things and I would still come home depressed. Mm. So it began when I started um, working with the YWCA. And I would go in and see these ladies, um, you know, that had been victimized, had been raped. And I'll have to sit down and listen to their stories. And I end up um, becoming triggered by them because I had never Mm. dealt with my own stuff in my past. Mm -hmm. Mm. So I was coming home every day after I had done that. I was coming home every day dealing in my own stuff. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I finally realized that those ladies were braver than me because they dealt with their, they were dealing with their stuff in the moment when I was mm-hmm. waiting 20, 30 years to deal with mine. Mm-hmm. So I was going through life thinking that I was okay. I was accomplishing things, but mm-hmm. I still wasn't happy. I right. still was depressed. So it was no matter what I did, it took me a minute to realize, okay, well, you are enough. Mm-hmm. And even sometimes I still struggle uh, with things because I only dealt with it for so many years, but I had gone through it my whole life. Right. So I have to get rid of, you know, that thinking uh, within the last five, six years and I've gone through it for 30. So it's a, it's a, it's a uh, process. So Absolutely. I have a question just based from, so from you were saying dealing with the ladies at work that triggered you, what was the, the deciding factor where you realized at that point, you needed help because you just you someone's right you needed to deal with it what made you decide in that moment or at what moment did you decide you needed to deal with it so I was under contract for about a year then right after that um I fell into a deep dark depression okay and um I didn't even know if I was going or coming and it had Mm -hmm. just gotten so so bad to where my parents my dad was here. My, my dad came over and my mom was here and they had to pray for me and they had to do all these. And I didn't realize what it was that I was really going to, in all honesty, I just thought that I was mm-hmm. just having a bad moment. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that, that that's mental health. Mm-hmm. And then you start thinking that I'm weak because, you know, people say, mm-hmm. you know, if you can't handle anything, that you're weak. Especially mm-hmm. as Black women. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and we put ourselves in these positions to say that, you know, that we can do it all. And sometimes right. we got to say, listen, we can't. And so that's what happened. That was that was the deciding factor that I needed help when I fell into that depression. Then I went to go see my doctor and um, they put me on medications and different things like that. And then I started to see a therapist. Okay. That's what happened because I, I couldn't mm-hmm. function. I was functioning outside in the world, but I wasn't functioning at home. Okay. Mm-hmm. Really quick, what I wanted to ask, about I know you were saying it was things from your childhood that you never dealt with until your adulthood yes what can what can you share with parents that or signs that they can look for in their kids that they should be aware of that could possibly be experiencing depression or some red flags that they that they can look for now, what should parents be doing with their kids? I would say change behavior. If they're your child was once happy-go-lucky and then all of a sudden they start retreating, mm-hmm. uh, they don't want to be around certain people. Some, you know, 
the unfortunate part about within our community is it can happen to you within your family. Then you got to go to a family picnic. Mm. And then you're forced to kind of go and, uh, you know, and see all these people and different things like that. Um, you just need to be aware. And I am so, like with kids, I pay attention to everything because, again, that's why I didn't have kids because I knew I, I was scared I couldn't protect them. Mm. Um, just being able to notice how they are around certain people. Um, just make sure that you just pay attention to your child. My parents didn't know anything that I was going through because they were busy. My parents were going through a divorce. Mm -hmm. So nobody was paying attention to me. So then the predator just had his moment to come in and take over because I was that quiet little girl that didn't talk a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he was able to grow me and do whatever because nobody was paying attention. No, no fault of my parents. Right. They were young. When you think about it now, they were younger too. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to get through their lives. Right. But yeah, just pay attention to your kids. And just because they're not saying anything, every now and then just ask, is everything right. okay? What's going on in school? You know, please let me know. Please tell me. Because we're not going to share. Because a kid can make everything their fault. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so true. That's true. So true. And they and don't know how to process it. Adulthood. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So exactly. true. What I wanted to touch on really quickly too is it was a part of your book where you're talking about how you're interviewing, you're going on all these interviews and you went on one interview and um, someone mentions that you're, you're too confident. Yes. Hmm. I thought that was interesting because as as a woman and I don't know if other women experience it but I can only speak as a black woman I feel like we have to teeter-totter on not being too confident you know just kind of playing that imposter syndrome yes <laughs> it yeah. right. can you speak to that you know sure. your experience with that and I you you spoke about it briefly so when you went on your, I guess I wanted to know in the book, like in your next interview, did you tone down and change who you were <laughs> just because you received that feedback? How did you deal with that? No, I didn't. I didn't tone, cause that's who I am. I couldn't necessarily, you know, change that part of me, but it was just when the lady first came in, she said, are you scared of me? I'm like, am I hmm. scared of you? Why would I be scared of you? She said, most people think I'm abrasive and I'm scared and I'm scared. I'm like, no, I'm not scared of you. Wow. And so, <laughs> so then after that, cause it was like through an agency and then they talked to me, they said, well, yeah, you know, maybe about a week or two later, it's like, yeah, they liked you, but they didn't think that you would stay because you were overly confident. Hmm. I'm like, well, my bills don't say I'm overly confident. <laughs> 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 to not keep a job, but yeah. That I sounds like that was something that. else. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's what, I don't know what that was, but <laughs> that's something else going on. Obviously, for her to come in and ask you that, and then for them to, it's their culture. I don't, that, yeah, that's that. Yeah, I don't know. Here's what I will that's say about Tammy, though. She is mm -hmm. very regal. Mm -hmm. You didn't see her. She, I mean, her demeanor is very regal, very calm. She has a face about her to say, I don't take no mess. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Maybe they that's were. Awesome. Maybe they were that's intimidated. A, that's a facade. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I, I, I was thinking as I was reading that because I know her. She's my cousin. I'm, I'm thinking mm-hmm. they probably felt intimidated by her, and that's something mm-hmm. that they have to deal with. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. all a facade, I guess. <laughs> but then part of you know where we are is just dealing with like we were talking about being, our true selves. That's kind of I don't know. I wouldn't say a movement, but being your authentic self and you should be able to be your authentic self in your workplace as well. Um, And so part of that is kind of helping others and educating others to realize who we are and to see us for who we are. So we don't have to, um, you know, what's the term again? Um, Just have this false image because- Yeah, the imposter syndrome. Yeah, imposter syndrome, right. To to contribute and be productive and effective at work, you have to be your true self, so. Now, I must say, I did have to tone my resume down. Oh, okay. Okay. uh, To even get job interviews and different things like that, so. Right. Yeah. It's interesting you say that this is a different ethnicity. I don't know if you guys watch This Is Us. But it's coming oh, yeah. to the end, and there was mm-hmm. an episode about one of the characters on there that named McGill. He got mm-hmm. the job. Oh, that's he right. He got the job, and he came in as Michael. Michael, right. He ended up getting hired, and then after he got hired, he said, by the way, my name is Miguel. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. interviewer was like, oh. He was like, yeah, my name is Miguel. I, I, you know, I kept putting Miguel on there when I was applying, and I never got a call back until I mm-hmm. became Michael. Mm-hmm. And it's Mary interesting to see that, right? Because we've heard that with dealing with, you know, African-Americans and names, but it's interesting to see that from oh, the culture. Hispanic, right? Culture have to deal with that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm so glad they highlighted that mm-hmm. um, to bring, to shed more awareness on it. Because there's a lot of qualified people of different minorities mm-hmm. where you can have a more diverse workforce that mm-hmm. can do a lot to your mental health too. Like Tim right. was saying, like you got people to feed, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> bills to pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's just funny how they view us uh, as if we're supposed. To, they can be whoever, you know. Some people right. can be whoever, but then when it comes to you, then I don't know if she was looking for more meekness. I'm not sure what what that was mm-hmm. uh, for me to be. So. Yeah, I, again, I feel like that was a more of a her issue than a, a issue with you. That was yeah. something within herself, mm-hmm. um, which she probably should have leaned into you because obviously mm-hmm. you have something that she doesn't, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was really, that was one of uh, the striking, one of the many striking things that I found from from your book that was, very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing that I I, I I like was how you turned all of this, all of the struggles, all the things that you mentioned, you turned it into purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you got into reading, you got into music, and I'm assuming that's what brought you into wanting to be an actress and a singer. Um, can you speak to that? Actually, I fell into that. So I liked I liked the sing, but I wanted to be a background singer. I was like, I wanted to be, I wanted to sing background for Kirk Franklin. That was first of first off. Okay. <laughs> so 
I called myself. My friend was in a play and I went to go see her. And I was like, oh my God, this is so great. And I was looking at their background singers. It's like, I can help them. So I said, whenever you guys need someone, let me know and I'll come and help out. So I went and um, and auditioned and I got the part. And hmm. I didn't realize all the other factors to it. Then it was like, okay, well, we need somebody from this play. And the, the guy who owns it was like, okay, well, you're going to come here. You're going to be playing my wife. I had six lines. I was like scared to death. <laughs> scared to death so I did the six lines then it just went on from there then I got to audition to do Natalie Cole never in my wildest dreams did I want to be in front of Mm -hmm. anybody to do that so I kind of kind of just started I'm a believer of purpose and I'm a believer of being a student of God on an everyday basis if he's giving you something to do I'm like you know what go for it I don't know what this can turn into okay and then um I had a chance to play uh, Tammy Terrell, Tammy Terrell in the uh, Marvin Gaye story. So that was never my intention oh. mm-hmm. uh, to go forward and to act. I, and then uh, one of the girls in our uh, organization, she wanted to do a play. And since mm-hmm. then after that, then it was like almost a mandate that everybody had to write their own play. And that's where my play and everything came into. So it was never something that I ever thought about doing. It was something that kind of, whatever the plan was, I just worked the plan. Mm-hmm. that's like really cool but that goes into also just being led yeah and knowing and not fighting you know what God has for you because like you said you've gone you've done things that you wouldn't have even thought um could happen yeah. so man that's that's yeah. lesson I have to and learn. I do it all, I do it all in fear because <laughs> right. I have no clue what I'm getting into <laughs> but no see clue. and that's you know going back to mental health but that's the thing it's okay to have fear and that's mm. like you said we we think it's that we shouldn't fear but having fear is normal is a normal you know reaction but it's how you react to it so if you let yes. fear stop you then that that could be a problem but when you let fear um encourage you and push you and you walk despite of then that's mm-hmm. a lot most of the times that's when you tend to see those blessings and then you can overcome some things because you know it's Keisha and I you know we've talked about this with running and doing marathons and just you know working out doing something different or new um running somewhere you know going out of town to do races there's still a level of fear in that Mm -hmm. but we use um our our training and just our motivation and our passion for running to get us through that fear so you just you work through it so Mm -hmm. I think that's an important lesson for people to understand that fear is going to happen I mean different things cause this fear in our lives but it's how we use it and how we can overcome and walk live through that um to get to the other side and not let it hinder us um to prevent our own blessing not to mention peloton but i always mention peloton (laughs) whoever talks um if y'all hiring please call me I don't have my pillow body ready, but it can it can get ready if I get the right call. <laughs> but um, to lean into what both of you are saying, the Peloton, one of my favorite Peloton instructors, Tunde, she has a book mm-hmm. out called Speak. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, she's been interviewing, just doing the circuit media inter- interviewing on different stations. And I heard her say, we don't get to choose what happens, what happens to us, but we do get to choose how we respond. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah, very true. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've been between listening to that and also, you know, reviewing and reading your book, Tammy, I've just been leaning into, the, into that. Because a lot of things, unexpected things happen to us. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, we want life to be great, but it's not always great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yes. we, we have peaks and valleys, but it's how we get through those valleys. You know, we, it shows who our character really is and it builds right. our character. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yeah, of course, I always got to put Peloton in there because <laughs> I'm trying to be a part of the team one day. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and for me, uh, like you, you mentioned that, and a part of healing, oftentimes, like for me, if I pray and say, well, God, I want to fix something. At one point in my life, I was like, well, God, I just want to feel like I'm worthy. Mm. And with that, you don't realize what you're praying for, because in being worthy, there are some things that have to make you feel worthy. You have to go through. It's a process mm-hmm. to get to worthy. And I think uh, sometimes we, we want things. And, and I think like you guys are talking about, it's a lot of work. When you guys do your marathon, I mean, you can't just go out there and just start running and thinking you're about to do a half marathon, whole marathon. You have to, the same with mental health. You have to mm-hmm. work on it. Okay. It's an everyday thing. Right. At least, you know, at least for me, even when I'm getting stressed out, I have to figure out ways to, to uh calm me down i have to figure out you know my my brain doesn't work like everybody else maybe everybody don't you know feel the way i feel about certain things mm-hmm. or, or I, my feelings may get hurt about certain things or certain, so i have to work my way through it so everything mm-hmm. is a process no matter you what just you said do a word right there mm-hmm. Tim, because i've been dealing with my struggle is and maybe you guys have come across this is expecting people to respond the way i think they should be, respond Mm, yeah. mm-hmm. having those expectations or right. how you would respond mm-hmm. you know to, to certain things mm-hmm. I mean life just does, like you was just saying it, it doesn't happen that way <laughs> no yeah. you know you got to understand other people and kind of take a step back like are you putting more on a person you know putting more your expectations or yes. yeah your own expectations on yes. someone else Right. And a lot of this is self-awareness. Yes. Yeah. It's just self-awareness. And I don't know, I think some people, I've, well, I've come across people who they don't deal with their own self-awareness. And mm. I don't, if it could be, maybe it's painful or they're comfortable in their own dysfunction or drama or whatever. And it's, that's just where they're comfortable at. But where the work is is dealing with your self-awareness have you ever noticed those people that they start talking about people and and dogging them out you're like what you're Mm -hmm. just like right (laughs) 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 but they often say that if you can recognize that in somebody else that means that there might be something that's a part of you as well yeah Mm -hmm. that has to be something and you know and then it's like you attract some of this thing you know i had to learn that too Mm -hmm. even with relationships um Mm -hmm. coming up that a lot of the things I was attracting, it was me. I was the common deni- denominator in quite a few of them. Right. But I'm looking at everybody else instead of working on myself. So I had to work on me. Mm-hmm. And that's a con- that's every day I have to work on me. So. 
Yeah. Well, let's, let's, and, and this is to either one of you, you know, we talk about some of our childhood traumas and maybe even things that, that have happened in relationships. When do we stop um, blaming, taking accountability for that versus blaming your actions on, on those traumas or, or those relationships? When do you take ownership of your own, your own mess? Um, for me, I had to learn that I was messy before I could take care of my own mess. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. I didn't know what other words to use. I apologize. I'm no, I'm just, but, I'm just, but that's how it is. I had mm -hmm. to learn it was me. I didn't know. Right. I mean, you know, it's it's something going on. But for the most part, you start putting all this stuff like, you know what, they this and they that. And you're like, well, mm -hmm. wait a minute. It's me too. Right. I remember I was dating a guy and we were together and uh, I said, well, why did you break up with me? He broke up with me for somebody that had five kids. I was like, oh my God, you know, I don't have any kids, but you left me. For he said, well, you never made me feel needed. I was like, oh, I was that independent. Like, I don't need you person. Mm. So mm -hmm. I had to work on that part of me and say, well, you know, you can't be like, I don't need nobody, but then want somebody. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was like an eye opener for me. So I had to realize that I was the person mm -hmm. that was doing a lot of it. Not to say that they were the greatest either, because I was choosing whatever hurt I was going through. I was choosing that same person that had that same hurt. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And sometimes I think that's good to do. You have to know who to do it with to get feedback from mm -hmm. other people and their and I, you, you, like I said, you have to be careful with who you do this with, but to get their perception of you and to, to share how you're coming off to them. Because sometimes mm -hmm. we don't even know, like you said, you being independent, you know, didn't realize that, but you want, you know, but you want somebody. Because yeah. I think, I know I do that too. And part, you know, I, I don't consider myself a A personality, alpha personality, but you know, there are parts of me that are, especially when it comes to like working out, whatever. And a lot of people, because that's what I post on social media. So that's what people know about me. Mm -hmm. And so I think their perception of me is that, or she, you know, she runs marathon and does triathlon and lift weights. She's just a strong person. But I'm like, there's so much more to me than that. That's mm -hmm. a big part of my life, but you know, and so I've realized, um, in one relationship where, because that's how the guy thought, he, you know, I never felt safe with him mm. because he, he just saw me as this strong woman. Mm. So when I needed, you know, when I needed to be vulnerable and needed him to, you know, let me put my head on your shoulder or whatever, I need a crying moment. He really wasn't there for that because that's not how he saw me. Mm. And so, you know, that's something I have to be aware of how I'm portraying myself. Cause I, you know, a lot of times that's one of the first things that, you know, especially meeting somebody new, that's what I talk about running. Mm -hmm. And then some guys like, Oh, okay. You do all of that. And I don't know if they're intimidated if, you know, they're not working out or whatever, but like you said, it's just something that I had to realize how I'm portraying myself um, when I'm interacting with people. So that's a long way to answer your question, Keisha. And then just like I said, talk to kind of get feedback from other people that you trust. 
and that will be honest with you and how you're coming across because we may not know how we're coming across to other people if we're so you know in our own ways and stuck in our ways we don't realize how you know our dysfunction or whatever is, is coming across very true we may not even realize it's dysfunction because mm-hmm. that could be a generational thing too you know if our moms was that way and our grandmother was that way that's what we know mm-hmm. that you know is that. so true yeah so and then I, I know for me too and then I kind of I not that I imitate other people but I I like to learn from other people so especially if I'm seeing someone who I at least from my perspective they they their life they seem to have it going on you know like they're successful in this area or that area then you know I start asking questions and talking to them to see you know to kind of learn from them and then I'm like you know what oh this is what they're doing Mm, I'm not doing that so maybe (laughs) maybe that's something I need to do (laughs) to get get myself together okay that's an area of weakness that I need to work on or an area to improve so um that's that's kind of how I look at live my life too and one thing you mentioned that I, I I regret this late in my life I've never had a mentor ever and I wish I would have had a mentor because I just think, I think everyone needs a mentor um, to kind of help guide you professionally. And even but I personally. don't think it's too late for you to get. To well, no, one. no, because I'm, I'm searching now, but I'm just, just saying at this point early in my life, on, early like, on, yeah, I wish I would have yeah. like, I wish I would have started long, you know, like back in college, but I didn't even know that was a thing. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't know no one I knew had a mentor that wasn't discussed within my family or my friends. And so I didn't find out about getting a mentor till later in life. Like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, I kind of missed out on that. But like you said, it's never too late. So I'm, I'm, that's something I'm working on now. Right. And then, I mean, up until now, you had the best experience. I mean, best uh, mentor, which is experience. <laughs> yeah right because right. I do I use life to I watch people and I, I either learn what to do and war what not to do <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm like some people you learn what not to do so right right so <clears throat> one last thing I wanted to to ask unless you had something else to add Sabrina mm-hmm. Um, no okay oh go ahead no go ahead um one last thing Tammy is what did you learn about yourself while writing this book while writing oh and I think I was mentioning this is like one of the hardest things that I had to write um the hurt I didn't realize Mm -hmm. I was as hurt as I was I didn't realize that I had gone through so many things in life. And so people started telling me, oh my God, you went through so much. I think for me, I was just trying to survive. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize all everything that I had gone through and the mental, um, I would say, is it mental damage, mental illness, whatever it is that it was. And so writing that, it was very hard. I wrote it all out. I still didn't put everything in because I wasn't comfortable we sharing some of the things I had to right. keep to myself because, you know, when people start criticizing you, you have to be able to like buck up and be like, okay, 
Well, I did this, but if it's mm-hmm. something that you're still vulnerable about, then you just kind of like let it go until you're ready mm-hmm. um, to share. So, yeah, I did. I learned a lot in that. And I learned that I had to be a kind of a strong person to, to go through all of this, too, this mental mm-hmm. anguish and still survive it right. in life, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I really lo- love your book because it, it was so, I think it's so relatable to any, to anyone, male mm-hmm. and female. Um, Cause not only women get taken advantage of men do too. Mm-hmm. Um, and young boys and do too, you know, so just a lot of things that you covered so much and you would think it's a thick book, <laughs> but but it's it's not. But you covered so many things that we experienced, like we talked about with from careers to your childhood uh, to relationships, mm-hmm. uh, finding your. It was just so much that you covered. When I say it was well done, it was well done. I'm so proud to call you family. <laughs> it Thank was you. Like, well done. Thank you. How can we find you and, and, you know, our listeners find you and the services that mm-hmm. you offer? Is it just locals, lo- to, you know, local to Illinois or do you provide services all over? Just tell us about the services that you provide and, and where and where can they find. can reach your book and everything. Right. Uh, well, uh, first off, my my book is on Amazon mm-hmm. uh, under Tammy Montgomery Dozier, Addicted to Pain. The pain stops when this uh, silence ends. Um, I have a website, uh, www.connectedbyloveconsulting.net. I am available to whoever, wherever they need me. It does not matter. What I do is I go out and I find you whoever, uh, I'm like a liaison in between. So say for instance, if you need something and you don't know how to get to a therapist, you don't know how to do different things. Uh, I am that person to find that for you. Um, because when I was going through this, I didn't know what help. I didn't know what to do. And I had my mentor, but I didn't know whatever else to do. So with that, I had to do my own research. Um, I did also do a benefit on that as well. I did a benefit and I had people from like NAMI, I had people from DHS to come out and provide services and let people know that this is where you can come to. So I'm just that person that can help you find whatever it is that you need to find. Um, I do, I work with youth as well and I do the same thing with them. Um, you know, I have a couple of books that have, that are mental health for the youth that are with the federal government as well. So I do that too. And we sit down and we talk to the youth about whatever it is that they're going through. So it's not just for adults, it's for kids too. And my phone number is 773-251-5537. You can find me on social media. I have a uh, my name, Tammy Montgomery Dozier, or you can find me on Connected by Love Consulting or my podcast, What Happens in This House. So I have all those social media pages on Instagram as well. Okay, well, that is awesome. You, you've done a lot. And <laughs> like Keisha say, um, I'm not related to you, but I will be proud. <laughs> I would be proud if I would. But yes. you know, that's just you've accomplished so many things, and especially with what you've had to deal with um, and had to overcome. So bravo to you. Um, thank you. I appreciate thank it. you for sharing your journey with us. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah. No, and please, please, please support 
definitely get the book get it for your friends get it you know father's day coming up get it for them get it for the person that's going to college it's a great read <laughs> you know for for get it for whomever that you think would benefit from reading her book when i say it will bless you it will definitely bless you um I would just like to say it is amazing how you have turned the pain, the pain that you were addicted to into purpose. And we appreciate you on this day, uh, celebrating this month as we uh, put a word out there as it relates to Mental Health Awareness Month. And please get help. Please get the help that you need. We will definitely share resources when we post our link for this episode. I do just want to say real quick, the the if you feel you really need to talk to someone um the national suicide prevention hotline is 800-273-8255 800-273-8255 or you can google uh, mental health help or mental health hotline or suicide prevention hotline um but we'll like we will Keisha said we'll put more information on our website but I just want to give that number out yeah and I and I did I want to say this because I got I got some statistics from the CDC really quickly Mm -hmm. the um highest the symptoms of depression among the highest age group is between 18 through 29 year olds Mm -hmm. followed by that is aged 45 to 64 and lastly ages 30 to 44 so that's why when I mentioned people, those that are, you know, going to college, you know, definitely send them, send, get the book. I mean, get the book, get resources and the help you need mm-hmm. so that we could, we, we want to see people thrive, not just survive, but thrive in this world. Um, and if you see something, definitely say something. If someone is calling you all the time and you tired of them calling you, pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know right. they, they probably need to, need someone to you may be tired of them but they probably need someone to talk to you may be their saving grace mm-hmm. even if you're mm-hmm. tired of hearing about it so, you know some people just need someone to listen to them mm-hmm. and Not also talk, just listen <laughs> right and then that person you think that is strong and that has everything going on when especially that person when you know they're you know they're always doing something up something and all of a sudden Uh you don't hear from them check on them because the ones we think that are strong they need support too Uh, very true so definitely just be aware you know learn to look what's the saying read the room when you're dealing with people um if you see something you know someone and something is out of character you know ask some questions just because you just never know like you said you never know what's going on with people people are fighting all kinds of battles and that we mm-hmm. don't know about so yeah just, that we yeah yeah we so don't true. know so just yeah. be aware kind of turn on our little radar when we're interacting with people or when we're not and we usually are um just check on the people same way like when it's hot and they say check on your seniors and your mm-hmm. elderly period just check on our friends just you know a check-in even if it's you know once a month or something just check in make sure everything's okay you know because it's a lot going on right now and people are dealing with a lot so yeah it definitely definitely and I always just try to be kind and 
to mm-hmm. everyone and extend grace. Yeah. Yes. It's a time where we need to extend a yeah. lot of grace. Right. Before exactly. you pop off like the young people say or whatever they say now. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> Before we go there with it, just mm-hmm. extend some grace. Try to restrain yourself and extend grace. Yes. And, you know, definitely uh, just be kind. But as mm-hmm. we always say, from our soul to your soul. Sure. Thank you.